Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper for another post-game recap here in this 2021-22 season on a Christmas day. Merry Christmas to all of my Dime Dropper fam, their families, and all you guys. I hope you had a great holiday season, and I hope you guys are doing well and staying safe wherever you may be. We actually had a really good slate of Christmas games today, one of which is still ongoing but I really had no interest in the Mavericks without Luka Doncic against the Jazz. So it's Lakers, Nets, Warriors, Suns, and then a little bit of Celtics, Bucks for you tonight. Let's start out with the Lakers, Suns. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Diamond Dripper Podcast, Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify, and of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. For tonight's episode... It's going to be Lakers-Warriors, or sorry, Lakers-Nets, so let's start with that. The Lakers playing against a KD-less Nets team. You'd expect them to come out and hopefully win the game. Uh, THT, Dwight Howard, Russell Westbrook, and Wayne Ellington starting alongside LeBron James tonight. Nick Claxton, Bruce Brown, Patty Mills, James Harden, and DeAndre Bembry for the Nets. The Nets playing with a very small lineup. Um, and you know what they're going to do. They're going to run a ton of high screens for James Harden, and you got to be able to know what you're going to do with defending those. When it's Nick Claxton, they're going to have three shooters with at least, or try to space it as three shooters, but it's really like DeAndre Bembry is more of a, like playing kind of like a four role in terms of the dunker spot on offense. So it's really like DeAndre Bembry running baseline, Patty Mills and Bruce Brown on the wings. Even though Bruce Brown's not the best three-point shooter in the world, uh, he's pretty good at driving in for those floaters when he has some space. And, you know, this season he's shooting 32% from three, so not horrendous. And I always said last year, remember when you guys, uh, I haven't watched many Nets games this year, but you guys may remember the Nets were one of our dime dropper teams last year. And I did say that Bruce Brown was one of my favorite players on that team because he really defends and he does the little things and they needed more players of that nature. And DeAndre Bembry is another one of those players that plays hard, plays hard defense and that's one of the reasons why the Nets have a top five defensive rating is guys like that you know James Johnson's of the world as well Javon Carter you know he's not too great but he does play defense he plays hard James Harden to start the game though Laker defense non-existent and to me this is where they lost the game you get outscored 38-23 in the first quarter you know again the Lakers we talked about it the other night against San Antonio they come out with no defensive intensity again 30 plus points for the opposition in the first quarter. And I think that starts with two guys, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. You cannot rely on THT and Dwight Howard and Wayne Ellington to set your tone on defense. You need to buy in and set that tone. You know, the beginning of the game, James Harden's coming off screens and nobody's getting in front of him. He's just getting line drives to the basket. Look, if you're not if you're guarding him and you're and someone sets a screen on you and you're not right around that screen and James Harden gets even an inch. 
even though he's not superstar James Harden anymore, he's all-star James Harden. And, you know, we've given James Harden a lot of grief this year because his numbers are so down. You know, he's averaging 21, 8, and 9. Nine and a half assists, though. That's got to be, he's second in the league, only behind Chris Paul. So he's not having a terrible season. He's still having an all-star season. And if he's on your, if you're on his side, he still is so strong. He can put the uh, shoulder into you and go off the glass and lay it in or create space and draw fouls. So you need to be in front of him. And I thought a couple of times also in the game, whether it was THT or Russell Westbrook, they played him like he was still Houston Harden, just like basically giving him his left hand and letting him, or giving him his right hand, just showing him uh, one way and letting him go down to the basket and he can make a read. And it's not to that point where you're, you know he's going to get by you that you have to do that. I think you should play right in front of him and make him beat you off the dribble because he's not as quick off the dribble anymore. But for the most part, the Lakers still did you know, try to stay in front of him. They didn't just give him lanes the whole night. But at the beginning of the game, it was really poor. They were letting him get all, wherever he wanted down on, on pick and rolls. Then they adjusted a little bit, but the rotations were slow. You know, where there was Nick Claxton coming for a little push shot. You know, Dwight Howard was coming up. LeBron, Ellington, Westbrook. There was no rotation. Again, Westbrook dying on screens again. And it's time we have a dialogue about Westbrook's defense, you know, this season. I've been pretty generous, but overall, I have called out his defense. And I saw it last year in Washington, too. Last year was a lot of kind of sagging off his man, waiting for rebounds or getting ready for the passing lanes. Mostly rebounds, though, to be honest. But tonight, I think it was just, again, dying on screens like he has a lot of times this season. You know, I think he actually plays good defense one-on-one when guys try to isolate against him. But when it comes to rotations, when it comes to communication, I see dis- defensive miscommunications happening for the Lakers. I see guys looking at each other, especially involving Russ, after the uh, opposing team scores a basket on the Lakers. And they're looking at each other like, what's going on? And Russell Westbrook, I just thought today he wasn't rotating. LeBron, lazy, not closing out in the beginning of the game. On our, I think it was an open Bruce Brown three early. And the Nets just got off to a good start, especially Patty Mills, who was absolutely sniping to start the game, coming off screens. And you know how when he's coming off screens off the ball, you got to step up as the big man or be right behind him, forcing him to running him off that three-point line because he will fire away. And he's had a great season, and he had another great night tonight. And the Lakers were down 15 after one. I thought their offense, you know, they let THT – Try to get going a little bit again tonight. And he had a pretty efficient night, 5 of 11. But he does dribble himself into trouble sometimes. He still has tunnel vision. And he just pounds the ball too, you know, same as Russ and LeBron. I think Russ just didn't start out well. He was 1 of 5 to start the game, turning the ball over. And it was just a poor start for the Lakers overall. And it really starts with that defense. You know, Carmelo came in, but he can't play defense either. And they're... You know, Malik Monk was back, though, for the Lakers, and that was huge. I thought it was really good to have him back into the lineup and back into things. They really missed his shot creation, but most importantly, they missed him off the ball. They missed him being a threat off the ball and a guy that you have to close out to and account for. And, you know, I think the Lakers tonight, they tried to push the pace when they got stops. It just they didn't get many stops. I thought the second quarter they did a really good job, and I thought LeBron did a really good job in the second quarter of actually having his best off-ball quarter or off-ball half the whole season. He was getting in the post. He was getting deep post position where they were forced to foul or he was getting the ball underneath. He was getting the ball in mid-post, turning and facing, shooting mid-ranges. And late in the game or late in the half, he was 
you know, either getting rebounds and pushing the pace or outletting the ball or running the floor. And he got an and one late to cut it down to two. And it looked like the Lakers were getting back in the game. There was even a play I was really impressed with LeBron. Bruce Brown was fronting him in the post. He pointed for a high-low action. They got the ball to the top. Westbrook had a better angle to throw in the pass, and they got it to him, and he scored. If LeBron had literally done that, does that more often this season, they will be more successful. If he had done that against Phoenix in the playoffs last year, would have been more successful. If he had done things like that against the Mavericks in 2011, he'd be a five-time champion right now. It's literally that simple. He had Jason Kidd guarding him for most of the series. He really did. That na- that narrative that's been brought up by LeBron apologists that uh, it was like he played zone for the majority of the series isn't true. I rewatched the series. He had Jason Kidd on him most of the time, and he just didn't know how to post up. But tonight, you can see, clearly see he's come a long way. It's just a matter of when he wants to. And you know that... Besides the fact that Darren Collison, who it's interesting to see him be back in the NBA, but he needs some time. I mean, he hasn't played NBA in years. Clearly also didn't seem to know that the rules have changed for the way you close out on shooters. He fouled James Harden and Patty Mills in the right wing late in that second quarter for two consecutive four-point plays, which got the lead back to, I think, 66 to 62 at the half in favor of Brooklyn. And then in the third quarter, the Lakers just fell apart. You know, Russell Westbrook continued to miss. LeBron wasn't really as aggressive to start the third quarter. And what's crazy is they had the game tied at 68. You know, they were only down by around five points with seven and a half to go. But Russ, you know, in the third quarter, he just continued to miss. He was not finishing well at the basket tonight. He was missing threes. And even DeAndre Bembry started to hit threes. Like, he he shot some nice floaters and push shots and his solid movement off the ball. But he had some nice floaters. And I remember there was a, there was a situation where, you know, Harden had a ball on, on, on the isolation. And I will say, the reason why the Lakers stepped up is because their defense was sharper. Both in the second quarter and you'll see it later in the fourth quarter, Carmelo and LeBron's rotations were sharper. You know, it's all about effort. You can see it, and it's contagious. And then Russ had some good defensive plays. You know, it was really all about those stretches where the Lakers could lock in on defense, and everything changed. They got to push the pace, and they got easier shots. I will say, though, there are times that the Lakers don't need to push the pace, and in the half-court set, they'll take really quick shots or Westbrook will just dart down the court and try to just take on the whole defense, and they can do without those possessions. I think they're best at running when they get stops. Other than that, I don't think they should rush it too much because they're too old, and they're going to get tired throughout the course of a game, especially on defense. So I don't think they need to rush it when they don't need... They don't need to rush things when it's not necessary. I think when they can get stops, that's when you run, and they were able to do that for stretches of the game, which got it to cut it, which got them to cut it down, but there was one play, and this put the, the Nets up 82-76, where the Lakers defended a pick-and-roll well, hedge, recover. It was Westbrook one-on-one against Harden, or Harden one-on-one against Westbrook. LeBron told Melo to load up on the strong side, and LeBron would take Nicky Claxton, but that leaves one person open if the, if you space it out well. Bembry did a great job flashing to the middle, which they had to account for, which left open shooters on the weak side, but Wayne Ellington made the choice of running towards either, I don't remember if it was Brown or Bembry, I think it was Bembry or... Bembry ran to him and left Patty Mills open. And it's just like little lapses in, you know, IQ and stuff like that really hurt. You can't be leaving Patty Mills open when he's wide, when he's having a great shooting night, and things just started to go from bad to worse. You know, 
Lakers missed a couple open threes. Stanley Johnson, though, I will say, he came into the game, and I thought his effort was really good. I thought that he clearly showed that his length and his effort on the defensive end could become useful down the line for the Lakers. We didn't see Isaiah Thomas play tonight, a change by Coach Fisdale. I think he realized, like, you know, he can't really defend. If he's not making shots, he's not going to be helping. And I think that Isaiah Thomas is not going to be renewed in his 10-day contract. But... The Lakers started turning the ball over late in that third quarter, and when they went to a lineup, it was so bad of, I believe it was, Carmelo Anthony at the five. This was the last three minutes and 43 seconds when LeBron went out. Carmelo Anthony at the five with Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Stanley Johnson. There was no resistance at the rim, no pressure on the ball it was like a switch everything defense with guys that can't guard and they were getting everything Claxton was getting whatever he wanted Mills Bembry you know I don't even think Harden was in the game during this stretch and the the Nets outscored the Lakers 36 to 20 and really kind of sealed the game there the Lakers made a push in the fourth quarter especially with LeBron he was just another amazing performance from him offensively I thought that, again, he played better defense in the fourth along with the rest of the team, including Melo, who was hitting shots in the fourth quarter, and so was Malik Monk. You know, they were starting to hit, but it was just too little too late. And Russell Westbrook, even though they tied the game, they tied the game, Russell Westbrook had some chances. And, you know, not only did he miss some chippies around the rim, but he went for a dunk, you know, when they were down by three points. And he tried to go with the left hand. Russ, uh, LeBron was open for three on the relocation, but it was a tough pass to see in the moment. But Russ, just an interesting play. You know, he went out for the dunk. He missed it. And then they fouled, and the game was over. But it was kind of a stretch. They had to push it to get back into the game. You know, they tied the game at 115. Nick Claxton's incredible alley-oop where he basically dunked on LeBron. Look, LeBron rotated. He tried. He got yammed on. That happens. Uh, overall, LeBron had a really solid game. I thought he played better in this game than he did the last two for sure. But I think that the defensive intensity to start games, the second game in a row, the Lakers didn't bring it. And you just can't be doing that, especially with a team like the Nets, who still have a star in James Harden, who still had a pretty decent game. He got to the line so, so much. 36 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and 3 blocks. A triple-double for Harden. He only shot 40%, 10 of 25, but 3 of 8 from 3 and 13 of 17 from the line. He still got to the foul line a lot. But Patty Mills, and you know, we have to talk about late in the game with around 3 minutes left, Russell Westbrook, or even less I think, losing sight of Patty Mills in that left corner. Inexcusable. Inexcusable when you're guarding the hottest guy in the game to be losing sight of him like that. And that's just, tonight's loss is mainly on Russ to me. You know, I think the whole team in the beginning of the game, including LeBron, who his stats will excuse him. You know, I thought he did a better job of not being a ball stopper and, and, and holding the ball out to score his points. But his defense, he doesn't set any tone on defense at all. This season, he hasn't really done it. He's only done it half-ass. Even last season before the injury, he was better uh, on that end of the floor. And it's hard because, you know, you know, he's not been able to build any communication and chemistry with some of these defenders, and they're not good defenders, you know. He's literally one of the best defenders, and he's not guarding relevant players. He has to stay off the ball because he has to conserve himself for that offensive end. That's been his MO for the last seven years, uh, maybe even longer, eight years. But they need better on-ball defenders, and they don't have that. And Westbrook needs to be better if that's going to be the case because without AD, they cannot guard. Another game of a team scoring 120-plus points. Patty Mills, 34 points tonight. You know, that's a role player, a great one. One of the best role players of this era, 34 points. 11 of 17 from the field and 8 of 13 from three. Bruce Brown, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 of 9 from the field, 4 of 4 from the foul line. 
22 of 27 from the foul line for the Nets. So they made good use of it. And they shot 14 of 32 from three. That's 44%, mainly because of Patty Mills. Uh, and then the Lakers, you know, LeBron, 14 of 25, 56%. A really good offensive game for him. 39 points, nine boards, seven assists. You know, he really tried to take over. He was plus nine. You know, he was the only Laker in the starting lineup in the plus category and plus minus. Uh, Dwight Howard only played six minutes. I totally disagreed with that. I thought that when LeBron was out, Dwight should have played. You never know. If Dwight was in, I don't know if they would have gotten scored on the same way they did in the last couple of minutes of that third quarter, and they could have been able to come back in the game had that deficit not been so big. So I really disagreed with that, going small against this Nets team, because the Lakers don't have switch-everything personnel. They don't guard the ball well enough. Westbrook still got a triple-double with 13, 12, and 11. Uh, and only three turnovers, but four of 20 from the field didn't cut it, especially considering a lot of his misses were easy. And then Wayne Ellington, another game for him where he was poor because he didn't make shots in the beginning and his defense was just weak. You know, I've figured it out with him. He has nothing if he's not making threes. He has no off-the-bounce game. He looks uncomfortable doing anything outside of shooting threes off the ch- off the catch, off the on the move. And his defense suffers when he doesn't score. So three points for him, only 14 minutes. Horton Tucker was better. 14 points, 5 of 11, 30 minutes. You, if you get double figures from THT, that's good enough. Melo was also good enough, in my opinion. He was plus 10, you know, higher than even LeBron in the plus minus, the highest of any of any Laker. 17 points and 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. He still made some defensive errors, but he gave them some scoring lift off the bench. 6 of 15. And then Monk, 20 points on 8 of 13 and 3 of 7 from 3. He was good, and his defensive effort was better, but it still wasn't enough. And the Lakers drop to 16 and 18. That's their fifth consecutive loss. The Nets move on to 22 and 9. My player of the game, even though Patty Mills had a night, was honestly hardened just because he created so much. But let's move on to the Suns and the Warriors, which is the primetime matchup. These two teams clearly stick out for me as the best in the league right now. And I think that you can just see the way that the Warriors play, the way that they move the ball, you know, the way that they defend. And you have to give so much credit to Steve Kerr. You know, for so many years, we talked about, oh, his team is too good. You know, he doesn't have to coach because his team is so good. So naive. People that know basketball and, you know, I've played at any level, I feel like, can see when a team is well coached and when they're not. And they are extremely well coached because they all know what they want to do on defense. They know exactly their coverages of what they need to do on screen and rolls with different guys. If it's Chris Paul, let's trap. Let's make sure we step up and don't give him that right elbow jumper. Let's make sure we hedge hard and recover and get that next rotation ready. You know, they know exactly what they want to do. They know which pick and rolls to switch. They are very intelligent about the way that they load up on certain guys. And offensively, they all move. They all set screens. Like Looney was setting some great screens today. They've got guys coming up pin downs on either side sometimes and they have Steph Curry who gets all the attention in the world and it's been an unbelievable job by Kerr this year with this personnel similar to last year you look at today the most impressive part about it no Wiggins no pool their second and third best scorers weren't there and they still were outplaying this Suns team with the full lineup that the Suns have this the like the only players that I can think of that weren't playing tonight was Frank Kaminsky everyone else was legit players they had that same starting lineup that they made it to the championship with and the Warriors outplayed them you know Draymond Green starting out the game with a three ball. Two of four from three in the game for Draymond. Steph Curry sometimes gets a little bit uh, too much uh, leniency by the refs with that little step back where he takes extra steps. I don't know when that move became legal. I think like mid-2010s, 2015 or something. But uh, it's traveling to me. But it's part of basketball now, I guess. 
But Steph's gravity, he just it's so much attention that he attracts. Uh, Gary Payton Jr. was really impressing me today. Looked like he's grown in confidence from even the Clipper game I talked about a couple weeks ago. He has got that same hunger as his dad. He's got more athleticism. He's not as skilled on the ball. But he's got that same hunger, and he can be like a glove junior. Six of nine for him tonight. Two of four from three. 14 and eight for him. So extremely impressive performance. But the Suns hung around. I thought that the reason why the Suns really couldn't get super going today, though, was Devin Booker. He just didn't have a good shooting game at all. 5 of 19 from the field and 1 of 5 from 3. And you got to give the Warriors credit for their defense. But I think that he, he definitely just didn't have a good game. Chris Paul was okay. I think that the, the, the Warriors did a good job trapping him as the game went on. And the rotations are just sharp. Just very sharp. The Suns had a good second quarter, though. Took the lead. And at the end of the game, it was really the Otto Porter show. So impressive. The way he came off pin downs, turned and shot off the catch on the move from 18 feet, came off a curl at the top, the J.J. Reddick style, left to right curl, hitting the three, and then coming off and like hitting a sidestep, step back fader. Otto Porter closing the game is just not what I expected. And you've got to give the Warriors credit again, just how everyone is coming and bought in. You know, they've come in, they let, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson. He doesn't have too much talent, but he plays hard. He knows where he needs to be. This team moves the ball. They make you work on defense. And that's why I am saying today, guys, if if Klay Thompson's even close to what he used to be, I think the Warriors got this this year. I think it's going to be their championship because I really think they just play the right way. And I think that this, these two teams, the reason why they they stand out amongst, amongst the modern NBA is because they're smarter than everyone else. You know, a lot of teams today are just dumb. They chuck themselves out of the game. They have no inside outside. They neglect the mid-range. They don't move without the ball. These guys move without the ball. They pay attention to defense, both teams, and that's why I think they stand out among this modern NBA. Their, their IQs are above, and the Warriors fall into that category. And Draymond Green, he sets the table. You know, the Suns were not doing a good job of putting pressure on those passes. What a lot of teams do is they sag off on Draymond because they say, oh, he's not a scoring threat. He can't shoot. But he gets no pressure in terms of being able to see the defense and look to where Curry's going and look to where his teammates are to pass the ball. People don't put enough pressure on him there. You know, he makes really good reads. He's got all day to pass. And he finds guys in their back doors and their cuts and everything. And I think Kuminga... Was another guy today really impressed me with his length, his defense, his ball denial. He they put length on Chris Paul and it was affecting him. We know what happens with Chris Paul now. He doesn't have that same burst to shift guys and create space like he used to. He still had 21 points, six boards, eight assists. Had a better game than Booker, who only had 13 points on five of 19. Uh, and if, and Jay Crowder also didn't shoot well either, three of 11 uh, from the field and two of eight from three. But the Warriors, you just really got to hand it to the way that they played throughout the game and their defense and. 32 to 23 in that fourth quarter. Kaminga, very underrated player, guys. Look at him as we go on this season. He could play a big part in this title charge by the Warriors, who move into first in the Western Conference with that win at 27 and 6. The Suns at 26 and 6. But, but by the way, shout out to Giannis for an incredible block tonight uh, against the Celtics. Jason Tatum was scared there, you know, and passed the ball to Robert Williams. An amazing two on one defensive sequence by, by Giannis to make that block. Uh, and then Jalen Brown. Had a good look before that, and he just didn't get it to fall. But a good win for the Bucks, And so thanks so much for joining me, guys. Wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Make sure to comment on the YouTube video. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Appreciate all the love. Make sure to leave a comment. Let's get back in the favor of those algorithms. we got to keep fighting, guys. Keep fighting it. 
and I'll catch you guys. I think I'm going. By the way, I got offered a free ticket to the game tomorrow, so a new vlog will be coming. The first Clipper game at the Crypto.com Arena name. I will be going, and I haven't seen the Nuggets play since Ty Lawson. Since Ty Lawson in the 2012 playoffs. Peace out, and now we go to the live subscribers. Wait, no, so patiently in the chat.